Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And you already know what the subject is. We're going to have a Christmas message. It comes from Matthew 1, and many times it will come from Luke chapter 2, maybe Isaiah chapter 9. In verse 6, this time of year, we share the miraculous birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a lot. And, and we'll talk about Mary this month, probably more than the other 11 months put together. She comes up in it. Shepherds, we just, we just sang about many of them. Uh, Shepherds and, and wise men, even Caesar Augustus, you know, all of these things come up in messages throughout this month, and it just seems like there's one that's tucked away who shouldn't be tucked away, and that's Joseph. You know, I don't know how the Christmas program's going this year. Uh, you know, design and how it's going to be. But, but many years, those that you go out and watch maybe or see on TV, Joseph doesn't sing a song. He doesn't really move. The angels are very active in these plays. You know, the wise men, the shepherds, but Joseph, he sometimes just sits there and doesn't say a word and he doesn't move. I tell you what, he's a crucial man at Christmas. And we're going to share this man that we just don't hear too much about this time of year. Someone who is overlooked in many ways. Joseph contributed greatly to the success of of this Christmas story that we're celebrating this month. Now, now, in just thinking about a few things about Joseph, things we know about him. In verse 20 here of the text, he's called the son of David. So he's of royal descent. We, we see that in this. His family was of Bethlehem, this Joseph. He was a really good carpenter. He wasn't a carpenter. The Bible says he was the carpenter. And he taught Jesus how to work with wood. Matthew chapter 13 verse 55 says that Jesus is the carpenter's son. He was faithful to the temple ordinances. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 41, it speaks of him and Mary. And they went to Jerusalem Every year at the feast of the Passover. So we know this about Joseph. He was very gentle and good to his fiance and to his later wife, Mary. Though Joseph was not the father of Jesus, he fully supplied that role. And Jesus is called in God's word. The son of Joseph. You'll find that in John 1.45. And also in John 6.42. 
We don't hear of Joseph after Jesus was about 12 years old. We no longer hear of him. And, and so we say and, and believe that he may have died. You know, that would explain Jesus taking out time from dying on the cross to say, John, take care of my mother. And, and so, you know, I don't know how short or long his life may have been. There are some things that I read that are said about him in history uh, just as a guess, and, and I'm not even going to bother to share those things. We don't know. But let's look at his spiritual, spirituality in verses 18 and 19 tonight as we get started. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. We see in Joseph that he was a righteous man. Joseph was just. The Bible calls him a just man. Joseph lived for his Lord. Joseph, though not perfect, was blameless as though you couldn't bring a deliberate indictment against him for something that he did. He was a just man and God had his heart and and Joseph walked with the Lord by faith. He was righteous and he wasn't rash in the things that he did. He didn't act rashly. You know, when we stop and think about this one in the shadows of the Christmas story, Joseph, and we think about what he went through and we consider his condition and we put ourselves in his shoes, we become more and more impressed with this Joseph. He was engaged to Mary. Their relationship was pure. And all of the sudden, she is expecting a child. And there was no way this child could be Joseph's. You know, everyone would think the worst in that situation. Initially, Joseph was, was thinking and preparing for what could be the worst here. That's what Joseph thought. Yet, he didn't react in anger. He responded in love and compassion toward Mary. You know, he wants to hide the situation and everything we see from, from what we have in Scripture here is that he wasn't wanting his embarrassment to go away. He wasn't thinking about that on the forefront anyway. He was thinking about Mary. He wants to do what he can to keep this quiet. He did not want to shame her. In this situation where he was finding himself at the moment and what he thought was the victim, he was being considerate of her. He wasn't thinking about about Mary's actions being wrong as much as he was that his actions would be right. 
And if we stop and think about that, that that'll really blow your mind, considering the weight of this initial impact and how Joseph has handled this. Imagine the Christmas story if Joseph would have responded like most other men would have responded to a situation like this. But his character really shines by a rare reaction that he had. You know, we learn a lot about who God uses by the life of Joseph. You know, Mary was chosen, but it was well known by God, as everything is, that Joseph was her fiance. OK, so can we consider Joseph in this being used by God? He is a cleansed vessel and he is humble and he is tender in this situation. You know, he he raised the Lord Jesus. We're going to talk about here in just a little bit. And and of course, Jesus is like his father in heaven. But but what a model behavior Joseph was as well. He didn't jump to conclusions to the point of, of acting out of anger or wanting to get revenge in the situation. We definitely see Joseph's spirituality here. But not only that, we see his service. If you'll look with me in verse 20. It says, but while he thought... On these things, behold, let me say, read that again, because because we're already there in what's happening. And what did he do? But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Joseph's service made him a crucial man at Christmas here. Joseph stopped and he thought on these things. We create such an urgency and there and everything within us sometimes in our flesh anyway wants to react quickly and we want to make wrongs right and we want to do that in our own ability. Joseph stopped and he thought on these things and when he did he was called to service called the special service of the Lord, which any man of that time would be honored to have. It was a heavy load to bear that Joseph was going to have, but it pays off well with many rewards. And his service involved three privileges we see uh, in these verses, and one of them is raising the Savior 
in verse 20. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. The Lord's call on Joseph's life, first of all, it was going to help him to deal with hurts and fears in his life. And the angel of the Lord we see here directly lets him know that the child in the womb was the son of God. Joseph is called to service here to raise the Savior. But not only to raise the Savior, he's called to name the Savior. We see in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Well, Joseph finds out that this baby is a boy without an ultrasound. And, and he's called to name this boy. And, and he's given the meaning of his name. For he shall save his people from their sins. Gee, what a name, Jesus. Do you, think, do you ever think about how easy it is to say the name Jesus? Isn't, it may be for a purpose. I believe it is for a purpose. I believe it so we'll say it often. You know, I think of the, I think of John. And John said the name of Jesus more than, than any other throughout the Gospels. As a matter of fact, I believe it's Mark and Luke. You you look and you count how many times the name of Jesus is said in those two Gospels. And that's the amount of times that John alone says the name Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, the closer we are in relationship with Jesus, the more I believe we're going to say his name. I told the teenagers one time, you know, there's a reason why his name isn't Shushan Rishathium. You know, can you take the name of Shushan Rishathium with you as you go? It's Jesus. It's so simple. It's so easy to say. We should say his name often. Joseph got to name him. The, his name came from heaven and Joseph got to give him his name. Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Wow, every, every Jewish woman wanted to be the one to possibly be able to carry the Messiah and in the womb. And don't you know that, that every husband hoped that they would be that way with him. Well, he got to raise the Savior, name the Savior. And then we see revelation of the Savior in verses 22 and 23. It says, now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. All seemed dark and gloomy for Joseph initially. I mean, it was the worst day of his life initially. And God was doing the greatest thing that he's ever done for us. He was, he was bringing himself in the flesh 
Emmanuel, God with us, our Lord and Savior to this earth. And think about how, how difficult it appeared to Joseph. But now he is told that God is carrying out his eternal purpose with his son. And he is using Mary and himself to be able to do it, to be part of it. What an example Joseph is for us to ride out the storm. There are temptations for Christians to quit. Christians have wanted to hang up their head. There's a preacher I admire uh, so very much. I don't know him personally, but I've listened to him a lot. And I couldn't believe it when he preached a sermon and, and he was using a, a life story for an illustration. And he said two times he asked God if he could quit the ministry. And in thinking about this Christian, I admire so much. I, you can't help but know how it is throughout Christianity that many are tempted to quit. Many are, are tempted to get someone back no matter what it does to their Christian reputation. There are Christians who wouldn't say so probably, but, but there's been the blaming of God. Which in that there's, there's the losing of joy that can happen and has happened to Christians. There's just wishing that someone were removed from our presence, whether it be uh, in the family of God or whatever, whenever these difficult that we face there is something going on by the hand of God behind the scenes and he is doing something wonderful as a result not what he's doing here with Joseph that's not going to happen again but it's such an example to you and I that God is up to something great no matter what we see on the surface, Joseph rode out the storm. Joseph stopped. He thought about how he was going to do things in a Christ-like way as a just man. But he stopped and he thought on these things. He pondered and he planned to do the right thing in what he thought the situation was. I tell you what. A spiritual pause, if you will, that pause in our situations, that pause in the news that we get, that pause in whatever is going on or surfaces in our lives. Oh, how spiritual a pause can be as God does his work. I'm, I'm so thankful in my life for situations that come up. And I can't deal with it for a week. When I was younger, oh, I, that, that just drove me crazy. I wanted to get it right to something, whether it be family or whatever. And I wanted to fix it. I wanted to line it out and fix it. And I contributed to making things worse a whole lot of times. And when I can't get to something for a while, when there's a delay in it, I can't get to someone, I can't fix a situation. Oh, what a blessing that pause is for God to be at work in the situation. Joseph. He thought on these things. God can do heavenly things. 
with a hopeless appearing situation. The 46th Psalm says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That same Psalm says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The greatest visit that was ever made to this earth would have just been vexing to Joseph if he would have walked away right then initially from it. But instead, he walked by faith with God. He got alone. He got still. And God's hand intervened in the situation. He waited. He waited for the Lord. And help was on the way whenever he paused, whenever he stopped and thought on these things. What an encouragement a humble man of God is like Joseph that we see here. You know, to be humble is not to be weak. To be humble is not to be a wimp. To be humble is is not to be a pushover. It's hard to be humble. It's something that happens in our relationship with the Lord. It's not a product of our flesh. It's a product of heaven. And it happens in our spiritual life as we walk with Jesus. But oh, what a strength it is. Every time I read this, every time I read Joseph's reaction, I think of nothing but strength. I think Joseph is a powerhouse in this. Uh, He is not a pushover at all. How encouraging that God uses this everyday man for such an amazing role. Not a behind the scenes role, but an important role in the Messiah's life. You know, every child of God has the privilege of service to the Lord. We're all called to service to our Lord. He's he's spiritual. We looked at his service. Let's consider his submission. In verse 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name. Jesus. Joseph kind of had things going on pretty good, you know. I mean, he was a righteous man. He was a just Christian man. He found himself a chaste Christian woman. And he's engaged to her. He's looking to marry her. And and you can imagine his thoughts in the future down the road, the way things look. Things are looking good. He's very happy about it. And all he he's thinking about what the plans could be. And all of a sudden, God steps in and places the appearance of a tragedy before Joseph completely altered whatever Joseph thought that his next step was. And Joseph simply let the Lord direct him. He, without hesitation, he went and he did what the Lord told him to do. 
And he did it with a beautiful motive. And he did it in such great character. He submitted to his Lord in long suffering. We look at this and we consider this and and we'll call this long suffering that Joseph went through to serve the Lord. You know, long suffering with what everyone would think. Either they had soiled their relationship uh, in engagement or either Mary had someone else. Whatever the case, and and there are many scenarios that people have come up with, and we don't need to list them all. But in looking at all of them, what they all have in common is that it was going to be humiliating. You know, we're, we're called to be humble, and there's things that we'll go through in the will of God, serving Him in submission to Him, that are humiliating. Any of these things would have brought shame to, to them, to him, to Joseph in the public eye. He was willing to be long-suffering though. He could already imagine the rumors. He could already imagine the talk and what was going to go on around town. But he was willing to be long-suffering through the hasty thoughts and through the rumors and through the suggestions. And he married her. He took Mary to be his wife, despising the shame, just as the one he would raise did when he went to the cross for all of our sins. You know, it takes humility to serve the Lord. And and it's going to happen by humiliation in our lives sometimes. The Bible says in Micah chapter 6 verse 8 that the Lord has a requirement for us, three of them. And one of them is that we walk humbly with thy God. First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. James 4, 6, God giveth grace to the humble. We all have a calling upon our lives. And we're called to serve the Lord through the shame, through whatever it is. A disciple of the Lord is never excused from service, no matter what we may have to bear. We're to stand for Christ through it all. Joseph was long-suffering in submission to the Lord's will. He was also led Joseph heeded the command. He did so without delay and in swift obedience to the Lord. You know, more more of us Christians than would like to admit have wrestled with God over some things. We've hesitated. We've even debated with him, possibly compromised or just straight up disobeyed. His will. You know, and if we would stop and consider, though, something that God loves. God loves obedience. And Joseph was that very thing. A great example for us. In 1 Samuel 15 and 22, it says, And Samuel said, 
hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And we know that's talking about Saul. And Saul was willing to do a lot of religious things. He was willing to do so many things to make up for what he didn't do that he was commanded to do. And the Lord wasn't pleased with any of that. But he is pleased with obedience to him. You know, we, we find ourselves. I didn't know I was going to go here. But in thinking about that, we find ourselves in a, in a religious type of situation Whenever we haven't obeyed him and we look to make up for it in another way. That's that's Baptists trying to be and I could name a lot of different religions when we're to come before the Lord with it and confess it to him for forgiveness. We're not to play religion and try to do so much more to make up for our shortcoming. Just confess it to him and he's faithful and he's just. To cleanse us of all of our unrighteousnesses. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. The Lord desires. Is due. And he delights. In our obedience to him. Joseph. He was long suffering. He was led. He was loyal. You know. People have been quarreling forever about what's right and what's wrong to do as Christians. And, and I won't deny saying that I've, I got caught up in that younger in my Christian life. And, uh, and I, I didn't find anything but vanity in quarreling over that. We have the Lord's word and it doesn't change. But, but you know, there, there's that attitude and there's that thought of what's okay and what's not okay. Here's something that we see Joseph has a right to in verse 25. And yet the will of the Lord was that he wouldn't. Joseph had a right, but the will of the Lord is that he would not. And Joseph placed the will of God above his rights. And he respected God. And he respected his wife. You know, honoring the Lord with our lives the way that Joseph did, it can be inconvenient. Honoring the Lord can be inconvenient to you and I. And I'm speaking about us in our flesh and in that fight. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it to honor the Lord with our lives. Doing God's will Look, it's not always easy because of the fight we're in, but it's always right. And Joseph saw that, and we see that in his example, that that's what he did. Joseph is that example of this overlooked, crucial man at Christmas. He lost his own will 
for the will of God without hesitation. He wasn't perfect, but what we see here is what we can say of Joseph is that he gave his best for Jesus. So as we look at this one who is tucked away in this Christmas story so many times, we can take so many examples from him that we might be a better Christian. And if you're here tonight, though, and you do not know the Lord Jesus as, as your Savior, these things sound impossible to you. And guess what? They're impossible for Christians unless we're submitted to the Holy Spirit of God. And he is living and working through us. But that's what you need tonight. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That you would trust him. That you would know the forgiveness of your, for your sins. That he would come to live inside you. And give you a new life. Clean your heart. Forgive your sins. Give you a home in heaven. And empower you to live such a life that would please him. Just as this everyday, ordinary carpenter man, Joseph, was able to do. This is, this is for every Christian to be able to serve the Lord and to fulfill this calling upon our lives. Let us pray. Father, we bow before your presence tonight. And Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sins that... You hear our prayer as we come to you tonight. Lord, I thank you for the washing and cleansing upon our lives. Lord, for, for Joseph's example that you have included in your word. And as we look at it, we see so many things of a good example for our lives. I thank you for the encouragement of what we can see in a life that was really used by you. And to know that you empower us to be able to do the same things. Lord, may we be humble before you right now this evening. And Lord God, may we give you those things in our lives that we know that we need to. Whatever's hindering us from following the path of Joseph. Lord, help us tonight as only you can, as we look to this example. And Lord, for the possible one here tonight who does not know your saving grace through Jesus Christ, we pray that they would know Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight, that they would trust him and, and have the free pardon of sin experienced in their lives. And we pray these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. If everyone would please stand. Page number 500. Thank you.